Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Your favourite fact podcast is back once again to start another week in the best way by learning, by teaching. Just if you've woken up and you think it's, oh, it's Monday, well, the Baffled boys are back. We're making all the noise. We are bringing you nine facts. You just decide whether they are worth remembering at all. My name's Dan. I have got three for you about staring contests, blockbusters, and what you want if you can make your own prison. Connor also joins us. What do you have? Uh, one about Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, we're going to talk about an amazing place in Austria and Lord of the Rings. And no doubt teaching us about pigs, about watching paint dry and the life cycle of newts. Mark is here. What do you have? I mean, you got it spot on. That's almost exactly what I'm not talking about today. Uh, how issues change the film, disasters at sea once again, and the inspiration behind a kid's TV show. That's all that is coming up in a brand new episode of Baffle. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let's draw a line under this week. Okay, a lot of a lot of toilet talk over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't I've got no toilet been... talk today. I got I got good. no I got no good. toilet talk today at all. I uh, I got good ones today that don't involve poo, bears, or anything to do with the smell of poo. All right, so maybe it's been exacerbated by the news that Mark is finally leaving us. Um, we find we find we finally get to move on without him. Maybe we should. Yeah, just put like a ban on toilet talk for a little while, just because if people are listening to this first episode, they think, hey, it might be a fun fact podcast, and we just drown them in chat about irritable bowel syndrome, you know. Mark, as we count down now to, you know, the end of your journey, um, Mm. are there any like, if if someone was to instantly go straight away, you've got no no seconds to think, Yeah, highlight of baffled, go, one, bang, what is it? Leaving. Right. Right. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? I, what I enjoy about Mark leaving is that it really encourages people to continue listening to the pod, which is fantastic. You know, so thanks for that, mate. It's fine. If people want, <laughs> if, if people are listening to this and go, oh, it's so sad because the best one of the three is leaving, which I'm assuming most people are thinking. Don't worry. There's like 300 mm. episodes you can go back and listen to, including bite sizes. So there's a lot of content there with this beautiful face on, although you can only hear it. But, you know. Enjoy it. Cannot wait for a, uh, a young Mark to uh, depart from Baffled. And then he just, you know, one day, yeah, this can be your poo bit of the day. He's on the toilet. He's having a little moment. And he, he goes onto his podcast charts and he says, Baffled, number one globally. And we've replaced Mark with another version of Mark. I mean, good luck. Just, I think just a blank Google spreadsheet will do. And just like have yeah. us then give it a voice input, hook it up to Alexa. So every now and then it brings it up. But here's the thing. You are correct. Sorry, we'll get onto the facts in a minute. We're just harping on. It is win-win, right? Because if, you know, for most people, it's a classic radio tease. It's, hey, keep listening because soon Mark's not here anymore. Win. But if you are one of the people who absolutely love him, 
that's brilliant for our backlog listening because you know there's a few years worth of just non-stop mark 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 either way you win well, i cannot wait to... for i'm going to give everybody a little uh, a little insider here as to as to what happens on baffled but not only is mark a host but mark also works you know create creatively on the project itself um and has done bits and bobs behind the scenes for the project along with other producers that we work with and uh i think that mark is going to somehow miraculously have a mark best bit as the final episode you know hey I mean? i'm Just not like, i'm a little not like 30 minute montage yeah be like, i don't know that got there i'm not in char- i'm not in charge You'll bonus one on but if i was if i was in charge of that it would not be 30 minutes it would be two hours no. straight of the best most boring facts that everyone loves. Would we, would we start or finish with the really great one about the traffic jams? Would that be the beginning or the end? Probably the end. Longest that's, road. That's Lo- the, longest road was peak, I think. That's the climax right at the end. <laughs> the, f- the first five minutes are explaining how to get in the fact position. Let's not forget the fact position. You know what's really disappointing? Yeah. You're going, but you've just lost all that weight as well, and I can't bring it up. Connor, <laughs> give us your first fact of the show. Wow. Okay. So, uh, in Lord of the Rings, we're going to start light, but in Lord of the Rings, in, a, in the 2001 film, um, a giant prop ring was used to help false perspective. And when I say giant, give that one a Google while you're listening. Giant prop ring. Can you translate that into language that I understand, please? A giant prop ring. So you said a giant prop ring was helped to do false perspective. I don't know like what what what, what is that about. No, it was to help to force perspective on the ring. So whenever you're watching Lord of the Rings, the ring was always super duper shiny, wasn't it? And it was always, you know, when it was on the floor or whether it was like hidden within the grass or whatever, the ring was always really observant on that screen. The way that they do that, because it's such a small item, isn't like someone sitting there shining it and then positioning them. It's a big, big ring. So therefore it forces more perspective when the cameras are being used to make it seem like, because, you know, it was, it was the biggest false. part of the whole film, really, wasn't it? False, false. perspective. Oh, I thought you said yeah. false, as in false. Oh, no, false. A false. giant false. prop ring was used to force perspective for those who are struggling to mm. understand Connor's Essexism. Did, did you know he said false and not false there? I did, because I also saw this fact this week, so I knew what he was talking about. So. Yeah, well, it did, it did sound like false. So... When they and it was massive, ups. by the way. It was it was like when you actually Google uh, it, it, it was a giant about, pop ring. It was a big old bloody pop ring, yeah. But like, just just I, I was I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, is is this something that they um that they just done in Lord of the Rings, or is there other sort of examples of this? And just another one as well is um the uh the Black Pearl in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that was just a model, tiny little model, um, very 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 small. But the way that it was shot kind of made that look like the center of the. Of, of of the scene very clever i enjoy movie tricks and tips i've got into a bit of a tiktok hole recently with people putting together uh films in certain ways and playing with perspective so you think you're seeing one at level horizon where actually you're seeing uh someone miles away that looks tiny and someone right that looks big and i love looking and seeing how they do this that even with multi millions of pounds to do with special effects they still use just classic line of sight to trick you into thinking what's real what's real isn't or the other way around if it works i uh you may be able to help me in 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 the talk of film um i was watching uh uh the fockers the other day which one film meet the parents meet the fockers or little fockers 
the first one? Meet the parents. Yes, meet the parents. And you know the baby does the ass all. Yeah. How do they do that? Yeah, is I is I think that yeah I think that might be in Meet the Fockers actually you know I think it is just yeah. fact for you is that is that CGI it, of the mouth or is that an actual toddler being forced to say asshole on screen which sounds kind of I don't mad think I don't think forced or forced to say it um I I think they've trained it to say asshole yes. yeah but he doesn't know what it means does it fine until he mm. goes back and uses it every single day for the rest of his life for the rest of his toddler life in that yeah, film it also fe- features a trained cat doesn't it so mr jinx in that film is trained so it can flush the toilet and open doors and all of that stuff it'll be a similar thing great film by the way i was kind of mind does that enter top eight could be have i got a sixth i'm gonna have to get back to you on that i feel like you should start writing One this day. down yeah it doesn't yeah. need to you know, the Babylonian. And I think Daddy Daycare can take a drop down to fourth and meet the fuckers, can probably go in at third. <laughs> yeah. Last week we were talking about the strange Babylonian methods for counting with their fingers. You should utilize a method like that, Connor, to keep track of your favorite films. You should write them. Well, just, like get them ta- just get them bit. tattooed yeah. on the inside. Yeah, just get them tattooed on the inside of my finger. Damn, so if anybody yeah. ever needs a film to watch, I can, not that I need reminding, you know, if anybody ever says, what's a good film to watch, it's cheaper by a dozen, just put it on, you know? What if they go, I've seen that, and cheaper by a dozen too, what am I watching next? Well then, well then what you should do is get Disney Plus and watch the series. <laughs> well, give us your first fact of the show. Jaws was obviously a hugely successful film. Don't worry, that's not the fact. But it's entirely different to what was planned thanks to huge technical issues. What was planned in terms of storyline or what was planned in terms of visuals? I'm interested. A bit of both. So if you've watched Jaws, you may go, why the heck does the shark not appear for the first hour and 21 minutes of the film? It's only a two hour film. The shark's not in it for the first hour and 21. The reason is, is that they were using a mechanical shark that rarely worked. So Spielberg had to try and be creative about how they made reference to the shark being there because the actual shark wasn't working, so they couldn't show it. I've not heard Steven Spielberg talk about this, but I wonder if since that has happened, he has tried to rework it to make it seem like it was his brilliant idea to keep it a suspenseful film. So they didn't need the shark, Mm. whereas in reality, it was just because the bloody thing didn't work. Yes. Although it's also one of these where as soon as the story comes out, it's hard to hide, but... I think so. He's probably like, well, it made it a better film. I deliberately did this and that. But no, in truth, it was a mechanical shark that was meant to be on screen a lot more. It didn't work. So they had to find clever ways to hide that fact because they were already on a tight turnaround for timing. It was meant to be 65 days they were shooting for. Ended up being 159. And they still didn't have enough working days with the working shark. Probably a lot of scenarios, isn't there, when you think about it? You know, two strong film facts to start here. But on Mark's one where that must be the case, you know, like I always think about that with like Mission Impossible because obviously there's no, you know, no news there with, with Cruz doing all of his stunts and a lot of it is him, but just how time consuming that must be because you can only plan so far until you actually do it and then it must be like, right, stop, and then it adds on loads <clears> more time. Like they must have to cater <laughs> that in to like how long it's, say, let's say the film was meant to take a year to make. Hmm. They're probably going to have to go, let's just give two and a half just in case. This could take a while. Well, one of the Mission Impossibles was pushed back, wasn't it? Because Tom Cruise broke his ankle doing his own stunt. Stunt. So yeah, obviously yeah, he jumped, you jumped of, over, didn't he? And caught onto the wall. Suddenly you can't have Tom Cruise in a 
walking boot and crutches without suddenly writing that into the story. Mm. So they end up just pushing the film back. But for this one, they just a good, uh, shot around it. It's a good Jaws, good Jaws fact. So in all of Jaws, was it mechanical? Or in some of the scenes where Jaws wasn't doing Jaws things, it was actual, like, you know, B-roll footage of sharks? Or was it constant mechanical shark? So the idea was it was going to be constant mechanical shark. Um, and it was going to oh. be this working. I don't know whether they used some B-roll in the end. I don't know, to be honest. Um, but it tended to be that they would use ways to shoot around the non-functional sharks. So rather than putting in B-roll, they would use stuff. So, for example, the scene with the uh, with the yellow barrels where they're kind of, you know, moving all that. That was working around the fact that the shark wasn't working that day. So they had to find another way to show that a shark was there without actually showing a shark because the shark weren't working. Shark work, hey, Simon, shark working today? No, brilliant. All right. All right, we'll have to give it a go tomorrow then. Pretty much. We've had quite a few good Jaws facts on the show. Um, I don't know if this was ever a fact that we mentioned, but I'm fairly certain the stars, I think Robert Sh- or Roy Scheider, I think it would have been, and Richard Dreyfus. I think they like hated each other. I seem to remember that being a thing. But also the best one, do you remember the fact about the guy who like wrote the book of Jaws? was so annoyed that it demonised sharks that he spent the rest of his life dedicated to shark conservation. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, Jaws is what, for a lot of people, has put people off sharks. People won't get into the water because of Jaws. They may not even have seen Jaws. They just know of it, and that's enough for them. First fact of the show for me, staying with films, actually, do you know what the term mm. blockbuster means? Did it busted some blocks? Mm. Big film, be- right? Bit. Big, big picture film, right? That's okay, what I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have a little go at this actually, and I'm gonna give you a serious answer. I'm thinking back to when films used to be like with the cinemas, everyone would have to queue up, and it could be on a block, and therefore, when it was a big, big film and it was really, really busy, it would be a busy block, so therefore, bust the block, blockbuster. Well, that would be the the interesting answer. But I don't think that's the case. I think many people believe that's the truth, but it actually isn't. But what it is, it's named after a bomb, a blockbuster bomb, which uh, would destroy a whole block of buildings. And it was just used to compare the two. Not really anything to do with blocks on the road in terms of the film. It was just a way of comparing something that did a lot of damage. Um, Newspapers would say the blockbuster of a film hits theatres today. A lot of people think it's because the lines and queues outside of the cinemas were so long, they would stretch for streets, so they were blockbusters. But really, I think people think it's just named after a bomb. But when you think, that's a phrase that we use all the time, the fact it's named after a bomb is quite interesting. It is quite interesting, yeah. I didn't think it would be named after a bomb. I thought that my definition made a lot more sense and a lot of people do think that and i think it sounds better it sounds like a better story right that the reason Mm. it's called a blockbuster is because it is busting the blocks it's stretched out for so much that it's almost ruining the streets but no rather more disappointingly it's just named after the blockbuster bomb which were munitions capable of destroying whole blocks of buildings do you reckon whoever came up with that first just went oh trying to what's the word what's the just put down blockbuster that'd be fine and then suddenly they're here years later going, well, that worked out pretty well. Perhaps something like that. His first use to reference in films was in May 1943, when advertisements in Variety would say, the blockbuster of an action thrill service. 
Then in 1944, uh, it was said that the uh, a documentary would hit the heart like a two-ton blockbuster. So that's what you mean. It's more of a bomb rather than stretching out across roads in America. But that's why a blockbuster is called a blockbuster, named after an old bomb in the 1940s. That's Sorry. why we had our favourite shops. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. In 2004, when the mayor of Austria was asked if he'd changed the name of the town, he replied, everyone here knows what it means in English, but for us, and it's going to stay. In 2021, the village changed its name to Fuggin. Can you you spell the original name of the town for me? Uh, Yeah, F-U-C-K-I-N-G. Oh, literally. Okay. Yeah. But that is useful for all 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 the listeners who just heard a lot of beeps. So. Yeah. That's what I did think. But, you know, what they can do is they can use the new name of Fuggin and guess what it was before. Yeah. It's not going to go from something else to, oh, Fuggin. That sounds much safer. Yeah. Do we know. Stain to Fuggin. Do we know why was it called that anyway? Where did that name come from? No, no. No, I was th- no idea. You know, it was, it was just what it was called. It had just been called that for a long, long while. It, you know, maybe before the time when it was a swear word, maybe it was fun one day. No idea. But that was the name of it. And it was in Austria and people loved it. I think it became a bit famous because of it. I mean, I'd go there. Um, what made them eventually change their name? Well, because obviously <laughs> this world happened where people were like, come on, this is really bad. And kids live there and this needs to change. So they just changed it to Fuggin. Spell F-U-G-G-I-N. Exactly, exactly that, yeah. Jerry's one of those places everyone um, goes to just because of the name for the photo op. Get the photo op for the gram. I wonder what it's like there. I wonder if they've made anything. Aren't there are some aren't there some brilliant towns in the UK called You know, you don't want to be too on the nose, but I don't really like that because, you know, it's actual <laughs> Whereas aren't there places in the UK that are called like Bonneville or Mufftown or something that are a bit funnier? Yeah, a little bit funnier. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this one was just straight up swear word and there was a great big sign when you entered it just with the great big swear word on there. Um, And apparently they were just all a little bit sick of the fact that everyone was, you know, coming and and kind of taking the mic and getting a photo underneath this sign. But then again, you know, if people are coming to get a photo underneath your sign and spending money in your coffee shops, worth it. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. When the Titanic sank, those crew members who were lucky enough to be alive had their wages stopped immediately sadly i can understand why so it's actually due to to an old royal navy code um so as soon as that ship sinks it is no longer a ship it is a shipwreck therefore there is no ship for you to be working upon thus your wage is stopped the moment it sinks so right a few things if they're getting paid by the hour how do they define when it's actually a shipwreck and also how can you save people you know are you going to do your job, keep doing your job and keep saving people if you ain't getting paid for it? I think it's basically they get paid up to the day of it sinking rather than the exact minutes. They get paid by the day. So they get paid to the day of it sinking. Then after that, they are no longer paid. Now, there is a report that um, the company who, uh, who ran the Titanic, they actually gave them a bonus which equated to the time they would have been paid for. So the, the amount of days that were left on that ship Journey, they supposedly paid it, but their official wage stopped the moment that ship sank. So, your quids in if you sink a ship at like five past 12, 
midnight, mm. you should get paid. You should get paid for that day. Wow, you've been working day, that right? day, so you know. The problem is it'll be quite cold then, right? You might you might be asleep. You don't want to you yeah. don't want a, a, a ship to sink when it's cold in the middle of the night and you're asleep. I mean, I don't think you want one to sink at any point. If I'm honest, no. I'm no Give and take with that one, isn't it? Really? Yeah, wins and losers. Yeah, mm, but still, not something you desire, but makes sense as well in terms of how and why that happens. But kind of sad as well, you know, lose all your money within a day, ships sunk, you're part of that as well. All all a bit chaotic, I feel. Yeah. I wonder how many, how many people were still working. You know, how many how many crew members survived and how much they were getting paid. Uh, so nine hundred eight was the total number of crew members on board uh, RMS Titanic. Two hundred and twelve were the number that survived. It's, it's quite sad. Ah, oh, very sad. We don't do sadness well on this show. Usually we talk about we problems. don't. No. Yeah. Let me give you my fact. In September two thousand and eleven. Steve, the Stairmaster Stag, was beaten by Fergal, the Eyesore Fleming, in the world's longest staring competition. They shattered the previous Guinness World Records. Fergal won in 40 minutes, 59 seconds. That is ridiculous. He must have had Without some blinking. form of like... Con- is there contact lens in there to like... Hydrate the eyes. That's, that's ridiculous. It's almost impossible, isn't it? You would Obviously think so, not. right? Yeah. I think the Sweat most I've done is like three minutes, if that, two minutes, maybe, maybe. But wh- why would you have timed it though, Connor? I think most people can't do more than about 20 seconds, 30 seconds. I just don't understand how he goes for 40 minutes. Surely, scientifically, your eye will just. I, 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 wild. Wild. Yeah. Maybe he's put something, I don't know, because that would make you shut your eyes. I can't think about how he's done that. That's impossible, isn't it? In the, in the final round, both Stairmaster and Eyesore shed tears as their eyes reddened after the 10-minute mark. Um, the previous world record was 17 minutes. After half an hour, contestants themselves said they were bored, and they said it felt like getting a tattoo on their eyeballs. Here's the thing. It takes so much willpower to just keep it open and and to not blink. Like I, I really can't do it. I'd suck at it. And also, what like what what's the point? What what is the point? You must be so annoyed if you were the guy that lost after almost forty one minutes. Yeah, it's a long way to go. Well, it's a lot of pain to go through to suddenly lose. But hey, that's you'd be gutted. Wouldn't that you? is the competitive sport of keeping your eyes open for a long time. It must just be like a scientific thing within your body that your eyes don't feel anything then for that amount of time because if you get the feeling you can't fight that feeling of needing to blink i don't think that i don't think you can stop yourself from blinking Connor, if you had to break a record for like a physical feat like this so not not a big one just something small maybe an eating competition i don't know what would you plump for do you think i'd want to break that one i feel like that would feel i feel like that would feel like an achievement wouldn't it i'd be like you know if I could eat like, you know, a thousand cheeseburgers in two minutes, just ridiculous. This, I'd be like, no, that is absolutely 100% impossible. And then I'd bunny, I'd be like, yeah, I've achieved something there. I feel like you should 500 in a minute, that would be. Poo. Yeah, brilliant. There we go. 500 in a minute. That's eight a second. Eight cheeseburgers a second. Yeah, I can do it. That's a lot. No, yeah, probably, probably not, I would say. <laughs> Mark, what about you? I don't think I'm built for things like that. I don't think that this this is a very very average body. It 
it doesn't have any form of anything that can do anything above extraordinary. So probably nothing. I reckon I could do some sort, some form of like spaghetti eating challenge. I'm pretty good with my pasta. Like the most amount of penne eating in an hour. I reckon I could probably crack through that. Well, I'd like to do the, or maybe like the world's longest plank. You know, when you do that human plank, when you go up on your two, uh, two sort of, that would show good core strength. But like people would then be scared of me. I'm all right at planking, actually. It's one of the, the very few skills that I have, even though you wouldn't expect me to have core strength. But under mm. the blubbery belly. Abs of steel. Very strength. Abs of steel. Abs of steel. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, listen, just before we get into the final rounds of facts today, this is probably your last chance to send in any eulogy you would like to give. Mark, any developments on what's happening when you, when you, when, when, when you leave? Are you... You know, you're going to pack it all in? Uh, what, life? Just pack all life in? Probably not. 
Um, Maybe. Are you going to send over the, the Google Drive so we can have a ceremonial burning of it? Uh, no, I've already... I was clearing out some stuff. I just deleted it. Just went, there's no point to this. No one else has ever fed into it. So that's gone. Um, I'm going to scatter the badges across the street as I leave. Like a trail of breadcrumbs behind me. At least and, they're closer to where they're meant to be. Yeah. And, uh, and I will stay a loyal subscriber. I'll never listen, but I'll let my phone automatically download it every week. Yeah, we'll just play it and put it on mute, though, just because then we get the figure. Get the, yeah, then you get the money. Yeah, sure. sure. Or at least, get, at least get to the ads, all right? Lovely. And uh, yeah, we would love to hear anything that you've learned from Mark along the way, your favourite Mark memories. I'm not expecting it this to be a busy eulogy um, because I've done this podcast with him for three years and I, I can't bring one to my mind simply. But infobafflepod.com if you would like to be included in... His eulogy. That, in that, yeah. Last fact of the show, Connor, what you got? Uh, I, just, I just enjoyed this because I can almost imagine the Queen saying it. But uh, in 2011, Queen Elizabeth II agreed to act <coughs> in a James Bond skit with Daniel Craig for the Olympics. Um, apparently breaking royal protocol too. Um, when asked if she wanted a speaking part, she replied, of course, I must say something. After all, he was coming to rescue me, which I think is great because they're actually checking that she's okay with it because it's important to do that. You are the Queen of England. And she's like, silly question. He's rescuing me. So of course I need a line. Seriously. And therefore, she you can't in it. I you can't it. trust the Queen's improv skills. I don't know. I feel like out of out of all the royals, I trust her improv skills the most. Well, you might yeah, be able to help it, me and give me small uh, talk, yeah. You might be able to give me a little bit of clarity here on the actual how she was breaking royal protocol because I was doing a lot of digging into what that was and couldn't get the answer because there's been plenty of royal family members that have acted before or made appearances within films. So what, what is it like that who? she's doing that's breaking? Uh, well, when I when I done a swift Google of that, let me have a little look here. Here we go. So it says Cam Camrolls acting movies. Princess Beatrice, Zara Tyndall, Prince William, Prince Charles have all made cameo cameo roles on screens big and small. There you go. Well, I mean, she's the queen. Yeah. So maybe it's when you're in in the chair. I feel like if anyone yeah, could get time. away with it, probably after <clears throat> you know being on the being on the big chair for fifty years, you can probably do whatever you want. Yeah, but I, I just I can imagine the wonderful queen saying it, can't you? Sitting there like, of course, of course. Of course, he's rescuing me after all. As if it's a silly question. Yes, yes, I will have a line. Thank you very much. It was a wonderful little skit as well. I always enjoyed it. Do you remember the expert timing that needed to happen for that? Because James Bourne wands it into the palace, has a little chat, then they go into the plane together. And then as soon as it goes up, then the plane goes overhead above the Olympic Stadium. And, you know, the Queen and James Bond allegedly skydive. The immense amount of timing to make that so precise was one of the most fantastic bits going. It was. And it was also wonderful as well, because when the Queen was parachuting, it was so unbelievable, but believable all in one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And maybe also she went against protocol by maybe she Jumping was advised. Yeah. Maybe she was advised yeah. to not do this. And she said, no, I will do it because, you know, she's getting rescued. So she must have a line. I yep. guess it's not been done before by the head of state. Who knows? Mark, go and give us your last fact of the show. Just three more facts from Mark after this. The Teletubbies were inspired by the astronauts that went to the moon. How so? Uh, so the creators of the show had been asked to make a brand new show for the BBC. And they were in America and they 
were wandering around the Smithsonian Museum and they saw the outfits that the astronauts went to the moon in and basically went, with all this technology, they still somehow look like babies with nappies on toddling about. And from that, the initial sketch of the Teletubbies was drawn. Yeah, it, make you... it makes makes sense with the little face as well. They've got like the little thing, yeah. But it makes you wonder why adults feel the need, feel that kids love nonsense crap like this. Like, why can't they just be like regular people? Why do they have to look I mean, so bizarre with you, like microwaves in their stomach? against the success of the Teletubbies that happened worldwide? Well, no, it's with all of it, you know? Like the person who invented Spongebob. Who decided that kids wanted to see that? Barney the dinosaur. Why do people decide that Barney wanted kids wanted to see a big purple dinosaur? Because kids love colour. Give them loads of colour. Why can't they be just a colourful human? It's true. Maybe. More on the SpongeBob thing. Why there was a squirrel as well who lived in a thing. It was all very confusing. Everything about SpongeBob is confusing when you look back at it. Yeah, but I loved it. That was the thing. I bloody loved it. It's like the sponge isn't getting big. I don't know. But yeah, good times. SpongeBob was never kind of my thing. I, I remember it being a bit slight. It, I don't know. Maybe it was a a Sky Freeview situation where I couldn't watch it. Maybe it was on Nickelodeon and I didn't have it at the time. I just had the Disney Channel. Perhaps uh, that was what was going on. Catch up now on Netflix. They have every single episode. You'll love it. Who's watching that? No idea. You're you're not watching that on Netflix, are you? You're not spending time in your day catching up with SpongeBob. You know he is. I don't catch up, but there, there are times where I do put on a little bit of sponge. Go on a sponge binge. Last fact of the show. In 1991, Pablo Escobar surrendered. One of the conditions with him and the police in Colombia was that he would design his own prison. Design his own prison? Yeah, Pablo Escobar, famous drug lord, head of the... What are they called? The drug, pal- the drug people? Cartels. Yeah, yeah, the cartels, those narcos cartels. Head of one of those, he was able to build his own prison. Fantastic what's in it. It was called La Catedral. It was built like a fortress. It had a football pitch, a giant dollhouse in there, a bar, jacuzzi, waterfall. The guards were even chosen by Pablo Escobar. And then in July 1992, he went on the run. He managed to get out. He got back. The Colombian National Army surrounded La Catedral's facility. And what had he built into the prison? Drugs. An escape route. Oh, of course he had. A section of the wall was removed. It had weak concrete and it allowed Escobar to easily walk out. Wow. I love the Genius. fact that he basically described a, a dream palace town as well. It wasn't just like a nice room. It was an actual sanctuary. And you would think, you know, if you're on the run from the police mm. for doing a lot of bad stuff like Pablo Escobar did, why should you have the right to build your own prison? You know, surely you can't negotiate when you're at this point. We've got you. You're going in the chokey. Why are you be like, well, I will if I can have a jacuzzi, a waterfall, a bar, a giant doll's house and a football pitch and an escape hatch. They probably meant a lot that they got him gone, you know. So they were like, we'll give him whatever he needs, but we need him off the streets. But you, they could do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they were scared a little bit. Connor, if you could design your own prison or at least your own prison room with one amazing thing in it, what are you having? A pineapple under Ooh. the sea, TV with FIFA, yeah. poo palace, yeah. your own toilet. Something That's where like you, that. you know, it's taken us, what, half an hour, but we finally got back to toilets. Connor, you would struggle in prison sharing toilets, right? Absolutely. It wouldn't be good for me. I wouldn't enjoy it at all. The whole process would be bad for me. 
Don't get him started on prisons and get into a soapbox again. <laughs> Mark, what are you having? Um, what am I having? Just a lack of other people. That would be beautiful for me. Mm. Like, right. well, the moment another person's there, pff, ruined it. I could have the perfect place, other people there. No, thank you. Well, you'll be pleased to know as you're listening in that you're almost free from this prison of Mark hosting a podcast for you every week because last next week is Mark's last time hosting the show. And Connor, uh, Connor and I cock a hoop and we can't wait to see what's happening with Baffled next. Until next week, we will see you then. What have we learnt this week, though? Well, remember when... Fergal Isor Fleming broke the world record for a staring competition at 40 minutes. Also, if you're going to have your own prison, make sure you build an escape route into it. And the reason why there isn't a lot of shark in Jaws is because the shark wasn't working. Nice and simple. We will see you next week. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. Until next week. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.